Welcome to this week's show of Spatial Perspectives. I'm Dan Kui, your host, and this week I have Steve Dan, um, chairman and co-founder of Medical Realities. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? Hi, Dan. Very good. Thank you. Good. I, I mean, we met a long time ago, um, you and Dr. Ahmed, and uh, you were then part of your, well, you started your business, uh, Amplified Robot. Maybe you want to tell us about your AR VR experience and how you hooked up with Dr. Ahmed and, and how you move forward on the, the medical uh, applications. Yeah, I'd be delighted to. Um, yes, as, as you say, that uh, I started the sort of uh, um, my sort of AR VR um, journey um, or nearly 14 years ago now uh, with Amplified Robot. And uh, Amplified Robot was put together to actually sort of uh, make use of all these sort of uh, new ways of, of communicating and the, the new mediums of uh, augmented reality and virtual reality. And uh, we, we were doing sort of work specifically for uh, companies direct. If they wanted a, an AR or a VR solution, then we provided it. But I was always looking for a sort of um, uh, some, something that meaty that we could actually really sort of get into and actually leverage the, uh, the fantastic opportunities in uh, augmented reality and virtual reality. And uh, it, I was actually speaking at an event at the Google campus here in London. And I had the very good fortune of meeting uh, Professor Shafi Ahmed. Um, he's, he's a doctor and collector surgeon uh, at Bart's Trust over here in London. And he was speaking there. Um, and we started talking about how new technology could in actual fact help in the medical sector and healthcare. And really, we haven't stopped talking since. Um, and that was really the sort of genesis of uh, what, we, what we were trying to do with, with medical realities. It started off, um, uh, we were trying some things out. So Shafi uh, teaches medical students, um, and he has about 300 medical students under his wing uh, per year. And he was getting frustrated that when he actually does uh, an operation that he wants the, the students to see, um, he was only allowed to have two students in the operating theater at any one time with him. And I said, well, Shafi, that's ridiculous. That means that 298 of your students don't get to see uh, that particular operation, don't get to uh, you know, experience it properly. Um, and he said, yes, it's, it's something that's been frustrating for me. And, and he'd been trying some, uh, some, some work with uh, uh, Google Glass, um, uh, but we decided to try and sort of film something in, in, in virtual reality. And uh, we did, and with the help of Bart's, Bart's Trust, which is a very big um, uh, trust here, hospital trust here in, the, in London, um, they allowed us to film an operation, to, to film an operation, and uh, also to actually uh, use the uh, 300 medical students as willing guinea pigs to, to see if they were getting anything out of this. And uh, everything worked perfectly. Uh, and all the students said, this is, this is fantastic. For the first time, we can actually see the, the operation that's, that's happening, but also we can hear properly what's going on. Because even if they were the, uh, two of the special students that would be allowed inside the operating theater, uh, they didn't get a very good view. They didn't, sometimes they couldn't hear very much. Um, so we thought, oh, perhaps we're onto something here. Um, and then Shafi sort of very bravely said, well, let's, let, let, let's try and see how sort of scalable this is because we've gone from training two medical students at a time to training 300. 
So we decided to try and do uh, the world's first uh, virtual reality 360 degree uh, training operation. Uh, in fact, you in did that. Virtual... That's right. Yeah, exactly. And what, in, what in year fact, was that that you did that in? That was, uh, that was just five years ago now. So uh, just towards the end of 2015. And we were really pushing the envelope there to actually sort of a, 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 a film it in 360, but right. also, also to stream it as well. And uh, we, had some, we had some help in that uh, with, with a company called Matavision, who were sort of uh, had been streaming sort of live concerts and things like that in 360. And it was a fantastic success. We managed to actually sort of get 55,000 people watching the operation live uh, in 142 different countries around the world. That was quite um, significant for that period of time too, that many viewers watching something they had never heard of before. Absolutely, and it would probably have been a little bit more, but we were actually sort of nudging up against that sort of uh, the, the availability uh, of our servers, and we were just sort of worried that you know if we had if we had an extra few thousand people sort of tuning in, then some uh, our servers might go down. So we yeah, have a crash. <laughs> exactly, well, we, we, exactly. We have that video. Let me play the video uh, of Dr. Ahmed and him talking about the 360, and uh, let that play for a moment. So the world's first 360 immersive video of an operation. Virtuality and other technologies like this will allow us to bring down the cost of teaching and training enormously. So that was quite significant back then. Absolutely. I mean, we, we were really pushing the envelope then, and, uh, and we still are now. Um, obviously, it's a lot easier for us to do, to do things like that, that now. Um, and we, um, we still do sort of live streaming, streaming operations in, in 360 degree video. Uh, but also, we, we've actually then sort of leveraged sort of uh, medical realities. We created a platform uh, that actually has uh, medical uh, content, a virtual reality content on it, um, uh, originally designed for our content, but we could actually put other people's material on that as well. Um, and really, that's, that was the start of the journey. It's taking us a, a, long, a long way forward because that we could see uh, what was great about that was that it opened our eyes to the fact that in actual fact, um, that what we were doing here in the UK actually was incredibly relevant, not only here, but also around the world as well. And one of the things we were trying to do is trying to create something which was incredibly useful, but also in incredibly scalable as well. And of course, if you can sort of add those things in there, you can start to bring down costs. You can actually disrupt how, thi how things are done. Um, and we're just listed as one of the top uh, uh, dis disruptive medical companies in the world. Um, and we're actually sort of trying from our, our base of actually teaching me medical students. We, all, we also use our technology now to actually sort of treat to help surgeons, to uh, doctors, nurses, paramedics as well. So we've opened up the sort of whole range of what we can do in, in the medical sector and the healthcare sector. And I see that um, the, the new technologies, the immersive technologies, uh, the new spatial technology, XR technologies, such as augmented reality, virtual reality, and AI, can make a big significance of how people are educated and trained in the future. And is this perfect for uh, the healthcare sector? Yeah, now you guys have been clearly ahead of your time. And I'm, I'm actually showing a video right now of, um, of what it looks like for the students, the medical students, to to uh, see and view their training. So why don't you go ahead and comment on that? That's right, Dan. Yeah, well, uh, actually, what's, uh, 
on here is uh, you're actually sort of in, in, in our library, we've actually sort of created a huge library of uh, uh, operations and, and training aids. And you can sort of get into the library and then you can scroll down, you can actually sort of see it from different perspectives, whether you're a graduate or postgraduate or whether you're a healthcare professional. Um, and then you can sort of, uh, we add certain things as well to, to actually certain videos to add sort of layers of depth into what's going on and help the understanding because we find that the, the more the, um, uh, the experience is immersive, uh, the, the greater the benefit it is to the people we're trying to train. Um, what we're showing here is that we're also doing things for patients as well. We're actually sort of giving patients an idea of what it's going to be like to be into the, in hospital or in ICU before they go through that. Uh, and of course, the, the, we're continuing with our sort of student, student learning. Um, uh, this one here is about uh, uh, OSCEs, which is a sort of one-to-one uh, uh, -one, uh, sort of examination. Um, of lots of things that you have to understand as a medical student to, to actually become proficient and actually pass your exams. And of course, we're also doing uh, fully simulated uh, oper operations and in actual fact, surgical techniques, but also techniques for nurses and paramedics as well, where they can train to their heart's content on a, vir a virtual patient, because a lot of getting this stuff right is being able to to do it properly, understand how to do it properly, but also to practice, practice and practice. Yeah, so one of the things I, I really love about this is that, um, you know, most of the companies that have been in the AR, VR space have been really technology companies. And it, it, it seems like too, all too often they push their technology versus pushing the use cases. And you guys have really done something different. You really push the use case and virtual reality is just a tool by which by which you accomplish that. So, and I've noticed that a lot of your staff is medical staff versus technologists. Can you tell us, um, you know, how how that was working out? And do you do you see yourself needing more technologists on the side, or or the doctors actually becoming the technologists? I think that uh, the quick answer to that is that we actually sort of do need more tech technologists. Um, I think you're absolutely right. So that uh, where we started off was that, that what we always knew that what we had to do had to, had to be right medically. And uh, we have a lot of medical uh, doctors writing for us and, and scripting what we do. So we felt that that was where we had to start off. Um, and also there were, there were certain things we wanted to do, which we couldn't do when we started off, but we can start making do now. But also, as I said, we're always trying to push the envelope a little bit to actually sort of make use of uh, the sort of great advances that are happening in spatial computing uh, and immersive technology. Um, and so we actually want to, want to attract uh, uh, technologists to actually help us in, the, in our journey. Now, you also have a set of tools that you sell or, or license with these. And on the screen here, I see, um, you know, two of them, Spatial U and 360 player, can you uh, describe each of these a little bit? Yes, actually, Sp Spatial U is uh, actually the way of actually navigating through the, the menus. As you might have seen from before, in actual fact, the, 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 the menus can get actually very rich and very varied. 
And so you have to be able to sort of uh, navigate your way through that sort of very intuitively. And the team at Medical Realities has built a fantastic uh, system whereby you can actually sort of um, actually scroll through a lot of information to find exactly where you want to get to. Um, uh, and it's actually a, a really, really elegant way in which they've created uh, this, this sort of um, access system to all, all the material, not only the actual sort of the teaching uh, uh, technology, but also the education side as well. Yeah. Now, how do you um, go about getting your business? Do you actually license the tool sets to the companies and the institutions or, or sell it to the students or how, do, how does that work with you? Well, we started off by actually sort of experimenting with actually in fact selling to the students, but we're actually transitioning in 2021 to be actually much more sort of focused on providing solutions for hospitals, universities and medical schools, for instance, um, because because we want to sort of uh, we work with a number of universities uh, already and a, a number of medical schools, but we want to sort of add add to our, our roster. Um, uh, and, and we work not only in the UK, but also in Europe, and we'd love to sort of uh, uh, have some partnerships over in America as well. Um, because what we can do is that it's very easy for us to sort of uh, adapt what we have uh, to, to fit certain uh, specific use cases. Um, for instance, we're, we're working with a, a university in Italy where we actually sort of uh, uh, scale down the actual sort of what you can see, but it's actually designed primarily to work with their existing curriculum. Um, and it's interesting that they have a, 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 ca a campus in Bari in Italy, but also they have another campus in, in Madrid. And uh, it enables the students in both campuses to, to in actual fact, uh, get the get the same training and the same, and, and the same teaching via virtual reality. And that's proved a great success. And that's something that we want to expand out into. So we want to work very closely uh, with, with partners in, in the future. Um, and the, the, whether that's, uh, as I say, universities, medical schools or, or hospitals, but also sort of uh, companies within the healthcare sector as well. Uh, we're working with a number of uh, commercial companies like Coloplast in, uh, in, Den in Denmark. And we just want to sort of uh, actually sort of increase the amount of collaboration and work, work that we do. So, so we're actually sort of doing is making a system which is adaptable uh, for, for, for anybody, but whether that's a, a training or, or education system that, that they need. And it can be specifically um, uh, honed down to, to match their exact needs. Right. Now, originally you came out of the augmented reality world. And you, you've really focused in on the virtual reality world, the immersive world. How do you see AR playing a role in what you guys have been putting together and doing uh, on the medical side in the future? Yes, no, that's, a, that's a very good question. Uh, we actually sort of see uh, uh, AR as being important to what we do in the future. Um, we focused on virtual reality because that's such a great training tool. Um, and in actual fact, being totally immersed uh, in, in what you're seeing uh, and, and what you're trying to do and what you, what you might be trying to mimic is in actual fact 
fantastic because you've got no no distractions and the actual sort of a learning rate and the retention rate uh, is really off the scale in virtual reality it's up to 75 80 percent retention rate and i know some uh, some people have been working on exactly how effective it is it in training uh, in medicine and it's hugely effective uh, it far outweighs sort of any other training method that's currently available Going forward, we see that um, uh, augmented reality is also going to be able to help sort of like uh, live training, uh, but also uh, live mentoring as well so that uh, people can see what uh, to what other other people are doing and and make suggestions that they might they might be doing this. I mentioned that we're working now with uh, nurses and also paramedics, and we see that this uh, uh, augmented reality is going to be really, really useful in the sort of uh, paramedic first responder area. Are you guys doing any uh, work on clinical studies right now at all? Uh, yes, we've got a couple of uh, clinical studies going on, and we've got another two, two starting up uh, next year. Uh, we, we hope to be able to announce uh, uh, another couple of, couple of uh, universities uh, that, that we're connected with at the beginning of, of 2021, uh, and we're going to be running um, sort of uh, studies and trials uh, with them, uh, hopefully uh, throughout next year. Now, has the, has the COVID uh, virus issue uh, helped your business uh, get exposure, more exposure to the companies and universities than previously? So that's a very good question. In actual fact, yes, it's actually helped our exposure. It's hindered some of the things that we wanted to do. It slowed things down um, because obviously everybody's been, you know, sort of very, very sort of uh, worried about uh, uh, about about COVID, and so the sort of the, the very strict, stringent sort of practices in, in place at the moment. So, so that's actually sort of uh, slowed our sort of uh, a pro sort of uh, process actually on the ground, as it were. But we've used most of this year to, in actual fact, raise awareness of, of what uh, our, our sort of training technologies can do for next year. And most of the people that we work with, uh, we wish we were a bit further bit further down the line, um, uh, because uh, because it was absolutely perfect now for what happens with a with a pandemic and and really it's a sort of i think it's going to bring around a sea change of how people are trained and educated uh especially in the health sector but uh, but actually training education elsewhere as well yes yeah, tragic as the virus is i think it's opened up the door for a lot of the technology that people have been talking about for a long time to actually latch on to use cases and promote those tools to benefit you know humankind exactly when, when, when you're sort of uh trying to sort of break a new idea or new technologies into certain areas there's always uh resistance in in in, in some areas and uh, you know the sort of as, as you mentioned that we we were one of the first uh, companies in the, in this area so for a long time we were not only having to sell what uh, sell the idea of what we wanted to do with medical realities but also also just really sell the idea of would virtual reality and uh, augmented reality work in training and education and that took a long time to get uh, to get into people's minds with covid that's accelerated that process for us and people i think now fully understand uh, what's possible and uh, what can be achieved. Yeah, so do you see uh, consumers uh, using your technology and your products uh, in the future or, or uh, do you see that that's mostly going to be a byproduct of how they interface with their healthcare providers? 
I think it's probably going to be more a byproduct. Uh, I, I, as I mentioned, that uh, that we've done certain things with uh, some hospitals now, where we where we're doing sort of what we call patient journeys, uh, where patients. Uh, I mean, you know, when you go to hospital uh, as a patient and you're going for an operation, uh, especially a serious one like a heart operation or, or something like that, it's very intimidating. And part of the problem about being a patient is that uh, hopefully you, you haven't gone through this before, and yeah. so therefore you don't really know what to expect so we've actually sort of uh, found that by actually letting them sort of experience what it's going to be like in virtual reality before they actually experience it in reality it actually works incredibly incredibly well um, it started off with a problem that uh, Harefield Hospital in the UK had. They're a big heart hospital and a lot of the, well, all their patients actually go into intensive care after the operations because, you know, they're doing sure. cutting edge heart operations. Yes. And, and waking up in intensive care um, is an incredibly uh, worrying experience. Uh, and, and a lot of people have what's called ICU delirium. Uh, which in actual fact is very bad for them uh, because it sort of it, it, it sort of stops them sort of uh, uh, getting well um, and, and also that the, they might actually try and injure themselves by trying to pull out uh, certain things that are plugged into them for very good very good reasons. Um, but in actual fact, by experiencing it in virtual reality first, uh, that that has actually sort of dropped down the uh, uh, the instances of uh, ICU delirium uh, uh, actually significantly. Uh, so we think that this can this can be used to allay patients' fears um, because you know sort of going to hospital uh, is is a big uh, is a big and worrying experience for most people. So, last question: What does the future hold for uh, medical realities? Ah, well, I think I, I just think more more of the same. I mean, one of the things that uh, that we touched on earlier, and Shafi and I are, are very interested in in actually alleviating, is that we have we have problems in the developed world, but also that they're, they're multiplied in the in the developing world, um, and uh, the techniques we're using to train and educate people uh, are, are actually accessible no matter where you are, providing you have a smartphone or a computer or a or a VR. Our headset uh, or in the future it'll be AR, AR glasses yeah. um, and, and by, by being able to reach anybody on the planet and help that help them in, in, the, in their training process or help them in their mentoring process that's actually that's actually going to be uh, significant by the end of this decade in 2030 that uh, there's going to be a huge um, uh, shortfall in the amount of surgeons doctors nurses paramedics uh, th that are required. And if we don't change the sort of paradigms of how people are trained and educated in medicine, uh, then we're in for a big problem in the next few years. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I've actually been in the healthcare business before and you know, bringing down the cost and accessibility to medical care is uh, one of the key attributes of, of any of the technologists uh, to focus on, I think, for the future. Um, Steve, I wanna thank you for your time. Um, and I, I really do wish the best for you and medical realities. And, and please say hello to Dr. Ahmed for me. It's been a while since uh, I've talked with him. And we wish you the best in 2021. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dan. And uh, yes, hopefully we can get together uh, sometime in 2021. Yes, I hope so. All right. Take care. See you, Steve.